Thank you for visiting the podcast of White Oak Pentecostal Holiness Church, where we cultivate true worshipers in Wilson, North Carolina. Please enjoy this bonus message from Minister Jessica Williams. Be blessed. God, you're going to open hearts. Yeah. And God, your people will be changed. Because God, we expect when we enter into your presence to not leave the same. In the name of Jesus. So God, we thank you for the experience that we'll have from you. Yeah. We'll forever give your name all the praise, honor, and glory. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. 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 If you can turn to Joshua chapter 2. Joshua chapter 2. And we're going to do a little bit of reading. Um, you're going to learn a little bit about me because I, I, I like to read the passage and then go back and break down the passage. Is that okay? So we're going to read in the King James Version to start off with of Joshua chapter 2. And it says, And Joshua, the son of Nun, was sent out to Shittim, two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came into an harlot's house named <coughs> Rahab and lodged there. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, there came men in hither tonight of the children of Israel to search out the country. And the king of Jericho sent unto Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men that are come to thee, which are entered into thine house, for they become, for they become to search out all the country. And the women took the two men and hid them, and said thus, There came men unto me, but I wist not whence they were. And it came to pass about the time of shutting of the gate, when it was dark, that the men went out. Whether the men went out, whether the men went, I wot not. Pursue after them quickly, for ye shall overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof of the house and hid them with the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order upon her roof. And the men pursued after them the way to Jordan unto the fords. And as soon as they, and as soon as they which pursued after them were gone out, they shut the gate. And before they were laid down, she came up unto them upon the roof. And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land, and, your, and that your terror is fallen upon us, and all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when ye came out of Egypt, and what ye did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan, Shehan and Ab, whom ye utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Now therefore I pray you, swear unto me, by the Lord, since, ye have, since I have shown you kindness, that you will also show kindness unto my father's house and give me a true token. Last verse. And that ye will save alive my father and my mother and my brethren and my sisters 
and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. Amen. I'm going to go ahead and let you know this is not a typical Women's Day message. Because I know you might be thinking there are plenty of other women we could have talked about. Right? And Jessica, you came in here to talk about the heart. Right? The harlot was a prostitute, right? So, but we're going to give a little background, and I promise God has a message for you. So before, before chapter 2 starts, Moses has died. Moses has died, and Joshua has been given the torch. He's been told to carry on. So Joshua has now been given the land that was promised to Moses. And he's told the people that work with him to go out and survey the land. All right. Let's go out and see all of the land that God has given to us. Amen? Amen. So it starts in chapter 2. And it talks about Joshua the son of Nun. He sent those two men secretly out from Shittim as scouts, and I'm reading the Amplified Version now. It says, go view the land, especially Jericho. And then they came unto the house of a harlot. Now, I want you to think about before you got saved. What were you known as? Right? I know, I know, I know. Because when we get saved, we want to remember as, be remembered as, saved Jessica Williams. Right? But were we always saved Jessica Williams? Right? We got some stuff back there that we don't like to look at. But it's our stuff. It's our stuff. So, Rahab's occupation preceded her name. Her sin preceded her name. The Bible says they came into a harlot's house named Rahab, not Rahab's house. Because that's how she was known. She wasn't known as, oh, that's Rahab. They said, oh, that's, that's the harlot's house. Why are you coming out of that house? And that could easily be, re be related because, you know, whether we grew up in the bootlegger's house, whether we grew up in, you know, the liar's house, let's, let's be real for just a moment. We haven't always been there. And, 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 and what we're going to get to, and I don't want to get ahead of myself. God help me. God wants to use our past <clears throat> to deliver someone's future. So many times, we as church folk, we put on a, a, a mask. Like I'm perfect, and I've always been here, and I've always had these nice clothes, 
And God is saying, there's someone sitting near you. They may not be in this church. They may be in your family, right? They may be in that club you, you, you know, a city club you, you go to, you know. They, there's someone that's near you that needs to know your And so many times we try to leave our past in the past because it's ugly. My past is ugly. You don't want to know that part of me. You know, and, and, and when we get to that point, when we're saying, I, you know, we, we don't want to bring up that point, it's, it's, it's usually because we haven't been, I must look this way, usually because we haven't been fully delivered. If I can't talk about what I've been through, I haven't been delivered of it. Because it's still fresh. The wound still hurts. What daddy did when I was three years old still hurts, so I can't talk about it because I haven't been delivered of it. I jumped in here, I'm sorry. They came into a hard house named Rahab and lodged there. It was told, verse 2, the king of Jer Jericho, behold, there come men in here tonight of Israelites to search out the country. So word got back to the king. Someone came and told him, hey, there's people from the Israelites, and they're on our land. And you know what they did to the other folk. You know what they did to the Amorites. You heard what, what, what went on. You heard about their God. And they're here now. So you can imagine the fear. King was scared. Because he wasn't the king of kings. Amen. Verse 3 says, And the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men who have come to you, who entered your house, for they have come to search out the land. So the word even got to king, Jer king of Jericho that not only were there men here, but they're, they're now at Rahab's house. They're at Rahab's house. And then it says in verse 4, But the women had taken the two men, but the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. So she said, Yes, two men came to me, but I did not know from where they had come. So she, she told the man. So they came to Rahab. They came to Rahab and they said, the king is looking for these two men that have come to your house. Where are they? We know you, Rahab. I'm just going to be frank. We know you know how to hide men. <laughs> we know what you do, Rahab. Where are the men at? We know they've come to you. Where are they? And Rahab is saying, yeah, they did come to me. But I don't know where they came from. I have no idea where these men came from. And I don't know where they went. Verse 5 says, And at the gate closing time, after dark, the men went out. Where they went, I do not know. Pursue them quickly, for you will overtake them. Tell them I don't know where they went. If you run fast, you probably can catch them. 
God is Rahab. Verse 6 says, But she had brought them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order there. So she had already, before the men even came, because Rahab was smart. She was a harlot, but she was a businesswoman. All right. She was smart, but she knew when these men came to her that they were going to come looking for the men. So before they even came to her door, she had already taken the men up onto her roof. Now history tells us that Rahab's, Rahab's home was actually against the wall. So they, they, called, they called this area, the, the, so the, it was the air wall that she was up against. So her house, her roof, was connected to a wall that led outside of the town. So the men got, they came over the wall and they were near her house when they scoped out this land. So they, she took them back onto the roof and that's where she hid them. Verse 7 says, so the men pursued them to the Jordan as far as the fords. As soon as the pursuers had gone, the city's gates was shut. So the men believed Rahab. She was a good liar. They believed her and they went out searching just as far as they could. And verse 8 says, before the two men had laid down, the men that she had took up on the roof, the two scouts or spies, Rahab came up to them on the roof. And she said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that your terror is fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. Rahab recognized even what the king did. This harlot, this sinner, recognized even before the king of Jericho that these men were sent from God. She knew that these two spies that had come into her land had a purpose here. And Rahab's first thought was, I want to be covered by the God you serve. All right. Because evidently, the God that we've been serving ain't working. <laughs> if the Amorites have already been overtaken, if you come here to take this land, evidently our God isn't it. All right. So this God that you serve, can he protect me? Can he protect my family? Can he cover my brothers? Can he cover my sisters? Can he cover me? Verse 10 says, For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you, when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites, who were on the east side of the Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. So once again, she said, I've already heard what your God has done. He dried up the sea? Are you kidding me? What is it? What we serving this God for? Have you been to the beach? 
Now then, I pray you, she said to the spies, swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness. I've done this thing for you. I've hid you from the people that have come to find you. And since I've shown you this kindness, you will show kindness to my father's house. The first thing she said, not, not save me. Rahab, at Harlot, Rahab. Wasn't the first thing she said to save me. It said, show kindness to my father's house and give me a sure sign. It says, and save alive my father, my mother, my brothers and sisters and all they had. Rahab hasn't once mentioned herself. She's done all of this to save these men who could have easily saved her. And not once has she yet mentioned herself. <laughs> I promise we're getting there. And all they have and deliver us from death. The very last thing she says is to deliver us from death. She didn't tell them, save my house, save my stuff that's in my house, the blacks that I need you under, save that. No, save my father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters, and then deliver us from death. The only thing I'm worried about for me is just don't let them kill me. Don't let them kill me. That's the only thing she was worried about. <clears throat> Rahab, as I mentioned, had been removed from her family because of her lifestyle. Now I want you to think about how many times, because I'm, I'm a youth leader at my church, and one of the most important things we can do when we're talking to young people, and even seasoned church folk, is to make sure that when we're reading this, that it's relatable. Because this isn't a story that just happened all these thousands of years ago for us to just read and not get nothing from it. And the amazing thing about God is every time you read this, Joshua chapter 2, he can give you something different. Because you see it in a different light every single time you read it. And I'm, I'm a believer of whatever you're going through at that moment. God can use whatever that passage is to speak to you. Rahab had been exiled. She'd been removed from her family because of her lifestyle. And as I was saying, there's so many, that happens, I've seen it happen so many times in church. Somebody makes a mistake and we feel wrong. So we feel like we can't come back to church. Because I don't want folks looking at me. I don't want them thinking, you know, what happened. You know, I had a divorce. I don't want them asking. I've been assaulted. I don't want nobody talking to me about it. Something happens and we remove ourselves from the very thing 
they can heal us. And, you know, it's, it's, the thing is, it's not on the person to make sure that they're coming, continuing to come. It's on the one that's strong. So Rahab, in this moment, her family didn't know who this God was. So it was her duty to call out their name. And my question on this morning is, will you be the one? <coughs> you need a title. Will you be the one that will stand like Rahab did? Will you be the one? Because some of us are surviving right now off of the prayers of grandmama and great-grandmama and great-great-grandmama and great-great-great-grandmama because they prayed for us even before we got here. But I come to tell you that this morning, God needs someone else. And no longer can we slide by on the prayers of grandma. He is calling us to pray, not just for ourselves, but for our family. For the family you can't see yet. And, and this message isn't, it, it, it's not just for young folk, it's not just for, for, for seasoned folk. I don't like that <laughs> it, It's for everyone. Because no matter where you are, I don't have any kids yet, but I pray for my kids. I don't have to see them. I don't, I don't know what they look like. I don't know what, what sex they are. I don't, I, it don't matter to me. Because one day, They'll be here. One day, they'll have kids. One day, their kids will have kids. And if I don't start now, who will? All right. Yeah. You have a charge on this morning to stand. Women of God. See, God has entrusted you with something special because you're carers. You have a caring nature. You're a nurturer, right? My brother, I can remember um, the middle one. He has three boys. Fourth one is in heaven. And I can remember one time my nephew fell down outside. He was probably two years old. And he was so upset, crying, bawling tears, had blood running down his leg, scraped his knee. And he ran inside, and the first person, he ran past his daddy and ran to his mom. And mama is saying, well, why are you running me? <laughs> Your daddy is right there. <laughs> why are you running me? Because she was in the kitchen cooking. So she turned around like, <laughs> run to him. I'm doing something. But baby knew <clears throat> that the last time he went to daddy, daddy put alcohol on the spoon. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, said, no, daddy make you sting. <laughs> he knew that mama would take the time to run some water, to wipe the sore, to blow on it, give it a little kiss, put 
put a band-aid on it, little deal's born, and send it back outside. And after that, baby will feel better. But daddy, I ain't rapping on you, man. I love you, man. Is gonna say, brush the alcohol on go back outside and play. Make it tough. Tough it up. The little boy, he's throwing the ball down. He's throwing me dirty. But women have been given this caring nature. You're nurturers, you're loving. And because of that nature, God has entrusted you with something special. <laughs> He's entrusted you to be the one that will stand. Because men, men are, they're, 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 they have this, they're providing, they're, they're you know, they want to be the breadwinner, and that's all right. That's all right. I make my own bread on the table. You got it. Okay. And we need that. I get that. I get that. I grew up in a house where that was so. My dad, while he was here, God rest his soul, he worked as hard as I know a man could work. He was a plumber. He was a firefighter. He was a pastor. He was a county commissioner. He did everything he could do to provide for his family. And although my daddy didn't wipe a whole lot of sores, I knew my daddy loved me. So every time I got hurt, yeah, I would go around to mom too. <laughs> but my mom was the one in the family that could stand while daddy was at work. Sometimes there's not always a man in the home, so we still got to be able to stand. So women, on this morning, we've got to stand. We have to choose like Rahab did, to make a choice for our families. Even the family that you can't see yet. That grandchild, that niece, that nephew, that you love dearly that hasn't quite come to grips with who God is yet. Because, you know, and I, I, I have people in my family that I'm still praying for, that I still want to see come to God. And it's not my duty to tell them, you are wrong, Scott's job. It's not my job to tell them, you know, you need to do this and you need to do that. It's not my job. My job as the person that loves them is to pray for them. To say, how you doing, cuz? I miss you, man. I love you. I'm praying for you. That's it. I don't care what your lifestyle is. I love you. And the prayers that I pray for you will deliver you from that lifestyle. Now you got to know all of that. All you got to do is pray for them. Amen. The scriptures go on to say that the men kept their promise. And they told Rahab, they said, okay, 
You've done this thing for us. We're going to help you. So what we need for you to do is get that scarlet cord you have that you let us down over the wall with. And when you get that cord, I want you to put it, put this cord in your window, hang it in your window. And when we come by your house to take this land, because it's going to happen, you were right, Brad. You're right. God has given us this land. So when we come by and we see that cord, we'll pass by, like Passover, right? representative. So this red color cord was representative of, the, of passing over her house. So they told her, you put this out, we'll pass over your home. Now, if you don't put this cord out, it's going to be on you. It's on you. If anyone in your home dies, it's on you. But if you put the cord out and anyone in your, your family is harmed or anything is taken from them, their blood is on us. They may bring have a promise. And scriptures go on to say, that not only did they make Rahab a promise, but one of those spies came back and married Rahab. One of those spies came back and married Rahab because Rahab had become a believer. Because this God that had come to seize the land that she had lived in, she realized was God of heaven and earth. So she had come to serve this God. So in later passages of scripture, she married one of those spies. And from their union came Boaz. Amen? Boaz married Ruth. From their union came Obed. From Obed's union came Jesse. From Jesse came David. And from David came Jesus. So we could have talked about Ruth this morning. But Ruth had a backstory. Because Ruth, her, her, her mother-in-law, used to be a harlot. Ruth had a backstory. And if you don't know the history, we talked about that at the beginning, didn't we? If, you, if I don't talk about my past, I can't help your future. All right now. Because there's someone in your present day that's going through the same thing that you went through. And if you keep your mouth shut and allow them to go through it alone, how will they know? There's some people that would never step foot in a church. They would never step foot in a church. It's not, it's, it's, it's just not gonna happen for every single person in this world. But it is your oblig obligation to show Jesus, to show God through the way that you live, through your speech, through your walk, through your love, it's your, it's your job to show them who Christ is. And your past, I know sometimes we, like I said, we don't always want to look at our past, 
But your past is important. Because everything we go through, God uses. You're going through what you're going through for a reason. Ah, he doesn't just take us through stuff just to do it. My mom, when she was diagnosed with breast cancer, she asked God, why? I just lost my husband. And you're thinking, how much does God have to take you through for you to know? Like, God, I've been, she's, yeah. And my mom now is, is like my best friend. So we've had these conversations, and you're, you're, you're sitting there, and you're like, well, God, what are you doing? I've been through enough. You lose a spouse, and you have to go home to an empty house every day. And then God tells you, doctor tells you, you got breast cancer? And it's the type that you can't really trace. They don't really know where it came from. So now we have to give you this an aggressive form of chemo. And you're not going to feel good. And your hair is going to come out. You're going to lose your eyebrows and your eyelashes. She's thinking, God, I thought you loved me. Yeah, church folk think that way sometimes. <laughs> and if it hadn't been for our former pastor, passed away just a few months ago, Pastor Marisi Lucas, who told her story of how she had breast cancer and how God had delivered her and how she was going through one time and, and they, they thought she was losing her mind because the only thing she would say was, thank you, Jesus. She remembered that story. She remembered the story of a mother in our church named Mother Mabel Farmer and how she had breast cancer and how Mother Mabel had been delivered of breast cancer so many years ago and is still cancer-free. But because those women told their story, she believed she could get through. Because God's grace is sufficient. Amen. Decision. I believe. God loves me. 
Thank you for listening to the podcast. For more information, visit whiteoakphc.com.